a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is not Prominent Alien Species You Need to Know, Volume 4. Uh, like I said last week, of course, the one week that I tried to get ahead of, like, ahead of myself and be like, hey, stay tuned next week for this, it's not what I'm going over. Uh, because I figured that it would be appropriate for me to rearrange some stuff and do uh, things you need to know before diving into the Book of Boba Fett, because as a lot of y'all know, it is premiering, episode one is premiering this Wednesday, December 29th. Uh, so uh, just kind of ahead of that, I wanted to just run through some important information that I think will be relevant to know uh, once the show actually comes out. So without further ado, let's dive into visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. If you're new to the podcast, uh, visions is basically my segment where I go over theories and, um, and essentially just things that I would like to see or think that we will see in uh, Star Wars projects moving forward. Uh, so basically, this is speculation with a bit of uh, kind of information kind of sprinkled in. So basically, what I'm going to be doing is going through just a very basic timeline of Boba Fett and then what to expect from the show and a few things that you might want to know about going into it. And if you want my full profile on Boba Fett, I did that back in episode 43. Uh, and I did a couple other things. I did, I think, a review in that episode as well. So if you want to just jump straight to the profile of Boba Fett, go to episode 43 and start around nine minutes and five seconds, somewhere around there, uh, and then listen all the way through and you will get uh, that there. But, uh, and there's a much more detailed timeline for Boba Fett in that episode, but I'm just gonna give a very basic one here. Boba Fett was an unaltered clone of Jango Fett, who was a Mandalorian bounty hunter during uh, the events kind of before episode two, Attack of the Clones, uh, and he adopted Boba as a son. He was an unaltered clone, meaning that most clones had accelerated growth uh, to get them ready for combat faster, but Boba was left unchanged uh, just as kind of a normal human, just a clone of Django. Um, Django was then killed by Jedi Master Mace Windu during the first battle of Geonosis and Boba swore revenge. Uh, decades later, Boba was a renowned uh, was renowned as the most infamous bounty hunter in the galaxy, and he was hired by the Empire to hunt down the rebels after the Battle of Hoth. He delivered Han Solo frozen in carbonite to Jabba the Hutt, and then he fell into the Sarlacc pit battling Luke Skywalker and his companions in Return of the Jedi, and was assumed dead. Uh, but he reemerged sometime before the events of The Mandalorian Season 2. We don't necessarily know how. And then he allies himself with Din Djarin and recovers his armor. Uh, then after the events of Mando season two, he returns to Tatooine with bounty hunter Fennec Shand and takes the throne of the late Jabba the Hutt from Bib Fortuna. And if you didn't know, Bib Fortuna was in fact Jabba the Hutt's major domo, as we see in The Phantom Menace, as well as Return of the Jedi and a very brief cameo in The Bad Batch. But um, he was essentially an albino Twi'lek uh, who 
kind of both translated for Java and acted as kind of a liaison for business deals that Java didn't want to travel to. Um, as far as what to expect from the show, we know very little about what is going to be going down in it, which is kind of exciting, but also kind of off-putting just because, I don't know, I feel like we probably could be getting a little more information, but we know that there's going to be seven episodes starting, like I said, this week on Wednesday, December 29th. And uh, essentially the general synopsis that we've been given is that Boba is going to be learning the ropes of being a crime lord because he's very experienced in being a bounty hunter, but he wants to move past that and essentially rule now. And as he says in the trailers, he wants to rule with respect rather than ruling with fear, which is what Jabba did. I'm also expecting some sort of explanation for his um, escape from the Sarlacc. I'm guessing that just based on the trailers, he probably lived with the Sand People for a while, uh, which I'll get into in a little bit. And then this is speculation, but if I had to guess, the book that is referred to in the show's title will be a sort of hit list of people who have wronged him in the past. So it's just going to be kind of like a checklist that he's just kind of marking off as he goes. Could be completely wrong there, uh, but that's just something that makes sense to me. Alrighty. Um, so this next bit is pretty much all speculation, but I still feel like it's relevant information to know going in just in case some of these things happen. The first one, however, is pretty much guaranteed to be important information, and that is that Fennec Shand is the sharpshooter bounty hunter that's kind of now Boba's right-hand woman, as we see in all the trailers and at the end of Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, she's played by uh, Ming-Na Wen, and uh, she is awesome. We were first introduced to her in Mandalorian Season 1, um, and this was the Gunslinger episode that was a little bit boring, but uh, essentially she was presumed dead, but then she was healed and kind of brought back to life by Boba. We see her cybernetic enhancements in Mando season two. Uh, and she gained a reputation in the early days of the Empire, um, which we see a little bit of in uh, The Bad Batch, which is the animated show that just uh, aired its first season this past year. Um, and she is indebted to Boba for saving her life. So she's kind of, kind of owes him a life debt, kind of like what we hear. Jar Jar owing Qui-Gon in um, The Phantom Menace. So Fennec is pretty much definitely going to be a pretty major player in this, um, just based on how prominent she has been in the trailers. But um, moving right along, Cad Bane is probably going to be a pretty stinking significant player, if I had to guess, just based on things that we have seen recently in canon. And for those of you who don't know, Cad Bane was a bounty hunter who was introduced in the Clone Wars, so we haven't seen him in live action at all. But he is awesome, and he was kind of like, if Jango was kind of the top bounty hunter of his time, in the next era of the, Star the history of Star Wars, Cad Bane was probably the most infamous in like the Clone Wars era, and then afterwards it was Boba. And so Cad Bane and Boba were actually kind of rivals during the Clone Wars, um, and Cad Bane, he is a spe he's of the species called Duro, um, and so they're, they're essentially a blue skin and red eyes, no nose, 
They're really cool. He kind of talks like with a with a low gravelly voice, and he wears a big kind of cowboy hat. Um, and he's extremely dangerous. Like I said, once one of the most formidable bounty hunters in the galaxy, and he was rivals with Boba during the Clone Wars. And an interesting thing is this is actually not. This isn't necessarily canon anymore, just because of things that we've seen happen in the book of Boba, or not in the book of Boba Fett, in the Bad Batch. But originally, in some unfinished episodes of the Clone Wars that didn't ever get aired because of uh, because of contract difficulties, whenever Disney acquired Lucasfilm from George, but unfinished episodes of the Clone Wars showed a standoff between Cad Bane and Boba after they had teamed up for like a bounty hunter job. Boba actually ended up killing Bane in a standoff. But uh, Bane shot a dent in Boba's helmet, and that's where the iconic dent came from, in Boba's helmet. Um, so, but that unfinished episode, which was considered canon until fairly recently, has been retconned because, spoiler alert for the Bad Batch, we see Cad Bane return, alive and well, in the Bad Batch. And he has some metal plating on his head, which makes me think that the duel did in fact take place but instead of killing bane he just wounded him and i think that since they brought bane back for the bad batch that he is almost a surefire um addition to the cast of book of boba because i think that that would be a huge climactic moment for like the end of the season would be to have that standoff that we were supposed to see in animation actually in live action. I think that that would be really cool. And if I had to guess, I think that maybe, potentially, it seems like all these kind of competing crime lords on Tatooine will kind of have it out for Boba as the new guy. And one of them might hire Bane to go after Boba, and I think that that's going to be really cool to see. Moving on, Mace Windu. Y'all already know. I mean, I've already I've done a whole episode on what I think Windu has been doing this entire time and why I think that he's alive. I know that some people say that if he comes back, it kind of undermines the meaning of his death in the movies, but I don't care. I think that it would be really poetic to have him come back and have him be a sort of antagonist for Boba because, like I said before, he killed Boba's father right in front of him. And I think that it would be really poetic to have Boba kill mace kind of have that closure and if you would like to go back and listen to my episode about this this being my theory about what uh, mace windu has been doing since the events of revenge of the sith go back and listen to episode 40 of this podcast i think that that's one of my best episodes that i've done it's one of the ones that i'm most proud of but as y'all know mace windu is my favorite character and i would love to see him back in canon i don't or back alive in canon i don't care what anybody else says i think that would be dope anyways um so next up we have bosk who is boba's trandoshan ally who's a fellow bounty hunter and old friend kind of looks like a lizard uh he's one of the bounty hunters in the lineup in empire strikes back we see him as kind of a a companion and almost like guardian of Boba's in the Clone Wars, I think that it's a pretty safe bet that he's going to show up, uh, so watch out for him. Dengar, another bounty hunter in the lineup uh, in Empire Strikes Back. He was a formidable ally to Boba of the Imperial Era. He wears extensive bandaging, and actually in Legends, so not in canon, so this doesn't actually, isn't necessarily true 
in the timeline that we see now. But in Legends, um, Gengar actually saved Boba from the Sarlacc. Um, and so I, th- I think that it would make sense for, for him to show up, at least for a little cameo, to kind of have some of his uh, bounty hunting buddies back. Rode of the Hutt is Jabba the Hutt's son, who once again were introduced to him in the Clone Wars. It's unclear what happened to him after the Clone Wars. And so I think that it would be kind of cool to see him running another part of Jabba's criminal underworld, maybe, and kind of get that sort of... Because I they kind of forgot about him, I feel like. And so I think that that would be a really interesting thing to see. Why didn't he fill the power void left by his father's death? I think that it would be cool to get some answers there. So, uh, yeah, Road of the Hut, Job of the Hut's son. Um, Din Djarin is the Mandalorian, as y'all know. Um, and I, th- I could see him coming back and seeking Boba's aid uh, and setting up Season 3 of The Mandalorian, which is supposed to air sometime at the end of next year or at the beginning of 2023. It's unclear. Uh, we haven't really gotten any official confirmation for that yet. Next up, Hondo Onaka. I really this is this might be one of like of my top three that I really want to see. It would be Cad Bane, Mace Windu, and Hondo Onaka. Hondo Onaka is a weak way pirate introduced in the Clone Wars. He's very funny and charismatic and also kind of shady and selfish. But he's honestly one of the best characters in Star Wars, in my opinion. He is the perfect combination of like comic relief but also like really savvy and also fits the plot really well but he also was a good friend of Django's and was a kind of a pseudo mentor to him to Boba when he was a child and seeking revenge against Mace Windu um and he's also always looking to turn a profit and Boba as we know from the trailers for this show is looking to become rich uh, through cooperation with all of Jabba's pre uh previous captains and so I think that it would make a lot of sense for Hondo to kind of get wind of this and come looking for a piece of the pie. Next up, and this is probably less likely, but I think that if Dengar and Bosk show up, that this is still a possibility. Uh, a character named Embo, and if y'all haven't watched The Clone Wars, I highly, first of all, I highly recommend that y'all do. It's a great show. If y'all are trying to get into Star Wars, it's a very fun and easy way to do so easy is maybe a little bit of a subject a subjective way to do it but or to say it but if y'all want a more manageable way it's seven seasons so it's definitely a commitment but if y'all want a more manageable way to watch it go back to my second and third episode of this podcast i go through a roadmap um of the clone wars and kind of hit the most important episodes because it's honestly potentially one of my my or one of my or if not is my favorite part of Star Wars canon, uh, just for the rewatchability factor alone, but that might just be me. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and do that. But Embo is a character introduced in the Clone Wars. He's a Kaiuzo bounty hunter. He has green skin and a metal hat, kind of a metal disc hat. He's one of the coolest characters in the Clone Wars, in my opinion. He's a bounty hunter that worked with Boba uh, in some capacity at some point during the Clone Wars. So, once again, I think that if certain other characters show up, then it's not that far from the mark, but he's also just a really cool character that I would like to see brought to life in live action. 
I think that you should know a little bit about the crime syndicates. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I think that the, you're, you should at least know the names of them. So the Pikes were essentially a, a galactic drug dealers. Um, we see them in charge of the spice mines on Kessel in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, they kind of have boxy helmeted heads. Uh, and they're, they're kind of like hippies almost or stoners. Uh, but they are very dangerous. Uh, and we see them featured pretty heavily in uh, the Clone Wars. And if, if, if you want to learn a bit of lingo, spice is kind of like the Star Wars equivalent to just drugs, narcotics, and, and stimulants and stuff like that. So if you hear them talking about spice being a spice runner, it's essentially a drug dealer. Um, the Huts are Outer Rim gangsters. Um, they kind of specialize in smuggling and they, they have really great influence over many Outer Rim territories. We see that with Jabba. And we see, once again, a little more of it in the Clone Wars. Um, the Black Sun primarily uh, dealt with slave trading and smuggling. Uh, they were based on Mustafar and Org Mantel. Um, just some more gangsters to know. I wouldn't say that they're but that they have green skin, they're a character called Feline. I think that it could be important. And then Crimson Dawn was the crime ring started by Darth Maul after the Clone Wars, uh, after his Shadow Collective failed. We see a bit of it in Solo, A Star Wars Story as well. Um, so all those could be mentioned, and I'll, I'll make sure to point it out if it is uh, with my weekly uh, reviews and breakdowns, but I felt like those were worth mentioning. Um, okay, Omega. She's super interesting, and she was first introduced this year. She's a recent addition to canon, and she was introduced during the Bad Batch show. And she is the only other unaltered clone of Jango Fett. So if Boba was Alpha, his codename was Alpha, she is Omega, so the first and the last. And she is a female clone of Jango Fett, which is very interesting. She also seems to be quite a bit younger than Boba, by like a few years. And she was last seen on the run from the Empire with Clone Force 99 after the events of the Bad Batch show. So it's unclear how she might play in, but I wouldn't be surprised if they brought her in somehow as kind of a sister and potential f future partner or maybe a rival to Boba. We'll see. I don't know. Could be interesting, though. Um... The Sand People, like I said earlier, I'm guessing that they're the ones that kind of took Boba in. They are the Tusken Raiders. We see them on Tatooine most times that we visit there. We they're featured very heavily in The Mandalorian. Uh, they're also featured in like A New Hope in The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. They're the people that are wrapped and in bandages, and you don't really see any of them anything of their like skin, but you hear them them roar and them growl and stuff. They're those kind of guys. Uh, they are very primitive and territorial and very protective of their own. Um, and I think that it'd be super interesting to see Boba kind of commune with them and kind of have them nurse him back to health. The Crate's Claw was Boba's bounty hunter group that he formed during the Clone Wars as a teenager and members included Boss, Dengar, and Embo, among others. So I think that those characters could be brought back in either as people trying to take Boba out hired by other crime lords or as allies or maybe enemies turned allies. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that it could be something really cool. 
and something that uh, could be really interesting to see moving forward. Um, and then finally, Slave One is Boba's um, starship, and there's been some controversy around renaming it, but I don't know. I'm still going to call it Slave One. And it's Boba's ship that was passed on to him from his father. The biggest thing that I think is worth noting is the seismic charges that are in it. They uh, were featured in both The Mandalorian and Attack of the Clones, Episode 2. And they essentially, they drop from the back, and what they do is they implode on themselves and take in all the surrounding sound from the area, which means that all of the noise cuts out and then explode back outwards in kind of with like a ring of destructive sound. And it has one of the most iconic noises in Star Wars that it makes, and I can't really uh, recreate it here, but but I think that it's worth noting. And, and Boba Ship's very iconic, um, and I think that it'll be it'll be featured pr pretty prominently in one way or another in the show. So I figured it was worth noting as well. But that's about all that I have. If, um, if anything else comes up, I'll be sure to talk about it in my weekly reviews. And that being said, make sure you stay tuned from here until when the show ends. I'm going to be doing reviews every Wednesday that we get an episode. And so if once you're once you've watched it and you want to hear me break down some easter eggs that I feel like were worth noting, then make sure uh, you tune in for those. And I'm I'm super excited cuz there's only been one other show that's come out since I've started this and so I'm I'm ready to kind of start reviewing content. And it's it's super it's super exciting for me as a as a kind of a new content creator for Star Wars to to be doing that kind of stuff. So uh, that's all that I have, but this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with just a little bit more. Alright, so today, uh, what I got for y'all is that the symbol on Boba's, Boba Fett's pauldron, it's like an orange pauldron shoulder plate for his armor, is a mythosaur skull sigil. And it represented the legacy of the now extinct mythosaurs that were a dominant species native to the planet Mandalore a millennia before the events or several millennia before the events of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, the beasts were eradicated by Mandalore I and his followers as they claimed the world of Mandalore for their own. Um, and so, essentially, they, they used these creatures as kind of the mark of the Mandalorians as a sort of sign of respect for them, because while they had to kill them to... Uh, claim Mandalore as their own, they still had great respect for the beasts and wanted to show that through uh, using them as their sort of emblem. And so that's about all that I have. We also see the, the Mythosaur skull featured uh, prominently in the Mandalorian and the Armorer's Chamber and stuff like that. But that's about all that I have for today's episode. Make sure that you tune in, watch the Book of Boba Fett on Wednesday, come back, listen to my reviews and breakdowns. Um, next week... Next week is going to be a prominent species in uh, Star Wars Volume 4. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I'm sorry if you were looking forward to it this week. Uh, but I hope that this was uh, helpful for you either way. So um, that being said, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you, and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.